Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. And welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the podcast where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. I'm Jack Swakowski. And I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And as promised, today we will review the ESPN uh, Sunday Night Baseball broadcast of Chicago Cubs versus St. Louis Cardinals. But this is episode 122, which means we can no longer do MLB debuts for that year because we are not in 2022 yet. So we have a little bit of a different thing to do at the beginning of each episode. Jeremy, we're going to be using a special type of uh, super secret software to uh, (laughs) look up some baseball statistics and uh, give people some numbers that way. Yeah, that's right, Jack. Um, we are uh, digging into the annals of history, of baseball history. And so we're, um, okay, so this is episode 122, right? So we're going to um, look at the all-time leaders in home runs and wins. And we're going to pick someone from the, like, the totals of, of one of those two categories with the number of the corresponding episode that we're doing. So since this is 122, we have to choose one of the, batters with 122 lifetime home runs or one of the pitchers with lifetime 122 wins sounds a little more complicated than it is but uh, <laughs> it should be interesting yeah well who did, who did you have jeremy for your uh, for your guy or guys uh, yeah well i picked um uh i went with home runs for this one and mm-hmm. um i picked uh, a guy by the name of nick asaski Ooh, yeah so i was just looking at him because uh i think we brought him up maybe on this podcast okay, before yeah, i'm not I sure th- that's quite possible, yeah. So Nick Asaski is, is would be on my like list of baseball players from my childhood who I thought were like, you know, all time sluggers, like all time mm-hmm. greats. Um, so Nick Asaski, yeah, like so if you look at Nick Asaski's number, so he played uh, from eighty three to to ninety, uh, mostly known as a red, um, but he uh, he ended up on the uh, the Red Sox and uh, Atlanta in his last year, and you could argue that his year with uh, the Red Sox was the best year of his career. Um, but uh, yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting too. He was a 17th overall draft pick in 1978 um, out of high school. Um, but uh, but yeah, so this was a guy who like just had crazy power. Like he was six three, two hundred pounds, big guy. I remembered him kind of as a first baseman, um, but uh, he. Um, he played a little third, a little uh, left field, um, but I just remember seeing him like hit for power, um, probably against the Cubs mostly as a little kid. And um, if you look at his homer numbers, they're pretty good. Um, but he he dropped off a cliff after the '89 season. He only he, so in '89 with the Boston Red Sox, he hit 30 homers, uh, hit 277, uh, 108 RBIs, um, pretty damn good numbers. Uh, finished. Only finished 18th in, in MVP voting. <laughs> Tough year, I guess. <laughs> um, but uh, probably because they were like, Nick Asaski, like, can I vote for this guy? <laughs> like, um, <laughs> But he fell off a cliff. Uh, and, Jack, the reason uh, why he fell off a cliff is he developed a vertigo. Yeah, I mean, so it's almost like he probably literally felt like he was falling sure. off a cliff. Sure. Um, yeah, sure. Of course, I, if that's if that's something that happens when you're experiencing vertigo, is, is it you just get dizzy? Is that what that is? Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know, I think yeah, like the room spins and like um, you you, I think it's like disorienting, like yeah. And it's it's kind of fucked up. It's like I think like you can get it just from like an ear infection and stuff. Jesus, like, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy. And I remember, yeah, I guess we did maybe talk about this like 
if we did, I feel like it was a while ago on the podcast. But um, I remember being like a little kid, like learning about it. And I was like, whoa, like, you know, like, I so whatever. So this happened in like 1990 or something. So I was like nine years old. So I was like nine years old learning about vertigo because Nick Asaski had vertigo. And sure. uh, I, I wasn't familiar with the uh, the Hitchcock movie at the time, I guess. But um, <laughs> but like, yeah, so like, it, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. And he just never he just he played nine games in, in 1990 with the Braves. Uh, didn't hit a homer, uh, only, uh, had, uh, 39 plate appearances and just like, you know, just couldn't, just couldn't come back. And that was it. He was done by age 30. Yeah. And it, it sucks too for him, co- like coming off, uh, having coming off such a good season, he was probably getting, uh, you know, he was in his prime. He was only 29 years old when he had that 30 home run season. Um, you know, and then he, he got, you know, struck down with uh, vertigo. I will say though, I did read that he signed, a. After that big season he had, he signed a three-year, $5.6 million deal with the Braves, which yeah. is the team he ended his career with, and that uh, the insurance paid the contract. So he probably got all of that money. Um, so, you know, good for him. He, he, he got set up for life anyway. Uh, it's just a shame because he probably still had four or five more good years as a player. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, I mean, he had already he established himself in the – I guess he went back to the National League, but, um, you know – who knows how long he could have played, you know, if he ended up having a DH or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, like, so that was just a guy, like a nine-year-old Jeremy was like, oh, my God, Nick Isaski, he, he's the strongest, you know, he's one of the strongest guys in baseball. And uh, just a blip on, on the radar, like the overall timeline of, of baseball. Absolutely. And I, I don't know if Isaski is a, is a Polish name. It sounds like one, um, but he would have fit in right here in, in Chicago, maybe on the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, th- nah, that's for sure. He, he, they, would have a, <laughs> they would have a Polish sausage stand now, like Isaski's or Isaski's brats, you know? Yeah, like Isaski's eats. You yeah, know, totally, and then, and they, then would, they would change it to Tony LaRusso's. <laughs> fuck you, man! You beat me. Beat to, you. Damn beat it! You beat me to it. Yeah. You always made me spit out my soda, Jack. Damn, uh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah. Uh, that's so. That's a good one, Jeremy. Um, I'm gonna pick from the pool of pitchers. Uh, so a guy with 122 wins. So uh, I want to go with a guy named Carl Erskine. That's the guy I was going to talk about, Jack. Very nice. Really? Okay, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so I, what, I guess what I have to say about him is that uh, Carl Erskine, he was uh, on the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was on those famous um, Boys of Summer Brooklyn Dodgers teams that won like four straight pennants but never won a World Series. Um, uh, he was a pretty good pitcher for them in 1953. Uh, he won 20 games. Um, we had a 354 ERA. Uh, I am actually right in the middle, Jeremy, of reading a book called the, excuse me, called the Boys of Summer uh, by Roger Kahn, um, which it, which is about those Brooklyn Dodgers of that era. Um, the cool thing about the book is uh, so Roger Kahn was the beat writer for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, you know, during the time from 1951 to 53, um, so right in the heart of that that uh, that reign of theirs. Um, so, you know, he talks about Jackie Robinson and all the prejudice he faced and, um, you know, other players on the Dodgers and Carl Erskine is a character, um, in that book. And, uh, the, the cool thing about the book is that, so he, he was the beat writer and that was in the fifties, but then 20 years later, um, he goes back and he finds all these guys from that team and he kind of sees what they're up to now. Um, so I, I had just borrowed you that book, Jeremy called the wax pack, which mm-hmm. I think we've mentioned on here, which is about a, an author who goes to find like old baseball players. Uh, this is like uh, this. This is the the wax pack is kind of a ripoff of the boys of summer, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm actually kind of right in the middle of that book right now. It's great, and so I, now I'm at the part 
where uh, Roger Kahn is going back to find all these old Dodgers and, and seeing what they're up to. So that's the, now like the book is getting really, really good. Uh, so he has not found Carl Erskine yet. But uh, yeah, I, I uh, saw that name on this list and it, that popped out to me right away. So I thought it was kind of cool. Very nice. Okay, that's very cool. Um, yeah, that's cool. I was going to bring up Carl Erskine. Like, I, I, I think it's pronounced Erskine. I don't know. But... Uh, yeah, let's see if they have a pronunciation on here. Um, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't say what is uh pronunciate what the pronunciation is but yeah it could be it could be erskine too i okay. yeah i'm not sure okay yeah only because uh i know the i'm gonna talk about someone who else who also has that name so um well first of all i'll say about carl erskine uh again obviously way way before our times like i i don't really know too much of him as a player but i in some of these um through the mail autograph groups that i'm um in on facebook he still signs through the mail uh, which is yeah, Christ, cool. he's still alive. That's insane. Yes, yeah, he is. He's was he ninety four, Jack? It says ninety four. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so he still signs and like he'll like put like you know he'll put his like credentials like he'll put like all like you know however many time World Series champ, uh, uh, all star like he'll put like his like you know his laurels or whatever like under his signature, which uh, baseball autograph seekers you know cream their jeans over <laughs> um, so um so yeah that, that's a big that's a big thing for uh, amongst that community what i was gonna say is i i couldn't find the damn proof of this but i swear i this is true but maybe i was just conflating these things but um there's a guy named peter erskine who's a, a drummer um like a jazz drummer or something like professional like i think he's like kind of like a studio player and he's played with different bands and everything but okay so his daughter is maya erskine Who's an actress on the show Pen Fifteen on Hulu? Have you heard of mm-hmm. that show, Jack? No, I haven't. Okay, it's one of, if not my favorite show on TV right now. Wow, I, I mean, okay. it's on Hulu, but it's really funny. It's a, uh, it's it's these two uh, actresses, um, uh, Anna, uh, I can't think of Anna Conkel and Maya Erskine. They were they were friends who met like you know doing UCB uh, comedy at UCB in LA, and they they got this show where they play like it takes place in the early 90s and it's like they're they play like 12 year old versions of themselves but they're like you know like in, they're like 30 years old or whatever and but all the other actors are like 12 years old um it's pretty funny and it's like it's like kind of like one of those like teen angst shows from the viewpoint of like uh of two girls which i feel like sometimes is a little overlooked anyway I'm pretty sure that I read somewhere that that Carl Erskine is her grandfather, but I could be completely wrong because now I'm not finding any connections about about that. So maybe I made that connection myself. So <laughs> if that's the case, then uh, then you know I rescind all of this, uh, except for the fact that I think it is a great show and people should watch it. But because um, because I hope it it doesn't get canceled. But uh, but yeah, so that that's I would that's why I was going to bring up Carl Erskine. But um, but yeah, anyway, so Pen15 on Hulu, watch it. It's a great show, really fun. All right, thank you, Jeremy. Um, yeah, I don't have a Hulu subscription or, or HBO Max, so I'll have to, I'll have to get on both of those. Got to watch The Mayor of Easttown as well, oh, eventually. Yeah. Have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, just make sure you bring your water when you, uh, you know, have, have a lot of water there so you could uh, stay hydrated. Is that a reference to Kate Winslet's accent? Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy. All right, um, excellent. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that was an, uh, a success for the new numbering game. So yeah, it's, an, it's, an, it's another excuse for us to talk about old guys. Yes, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, t- Jeremy, we had talked about this, but the last, you know, t- the last ten or so um, of these where we we found the debuts, it was almost like the guys were too recent. So yeah. we had already brought most of them up who were worth talking about. Yeah, that's true. It's it was getting getting kind of less fun 
uh, you know, I like Keegan Thompson, but it's like, I don't have, I don't have, you know, any anecdote. I don't think he's got a relative on a funny. Right. So another Cubs. So Jeremy and I, a few weeks ago had guessed which Cubs were vaccinated and, and which ones weren't. And we didn't even come close to guessing Anthony Rizzo's name, but he no. came out on Friday as a guy who needs to see uh, a little more data, as he said it, before he makes a decision on whether or not he's going to get, get vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, Jack, I, 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 by the way, so I went to the Cubs game on Friday, and I mm-hmm. was excited to do so. Um, and I, I, I was walking, I was literally walking to the stadium, and a friend of mine texted me, and he's like, what, so now Rizzo is an anti-vaxxer? And I'm like, what? And I, like, Googled it, like, as I was walking to the stadium, and it was like, it was almost like, you know, going to, like, a... Say like like saving up for like a, a dinner buffet or something or a dinner uh, like at a, your favorite restaurant and then like you read that you know they had like a an E. coli outbreak like the, the week before <laughs> or something that you didn't know about but it was so yeah so I was like I, I think I wrote back like this is not the news that I want to hear like right yeah now. so I mean yeah what what do you say I mean what what do I say specifically because I'm a I'm you know a huge Cubs fan and a huge Rizzo fan, honestly. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I think it just, it, it brings into like a whole bigger picture, honestly, really like, and, and maybe this could be like the definitive um, vaccination talk too, but it's not even really even about the vaccination, I would say, but like, you know, one of the things like that we do on this show is we fucking like rip players. Um, maybe some of it is unjust, you know, maybe some of it is justified, but like, I think I will say, Jack, you know, like for me personally, like doing like kind of like taking this approach when like maybe not a lot of other shows take this approach is um, it was kind of inspired by um, a show that I've referenced um, a couple times, like on 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 the podcast, the Boers and Bernstein show. Mm-hmm. Um, so Boers, uh, Terry Boers and Dan Bernstein are two like sports writers and uh, um, ended up like being radio hosts and they were on the on Chicago sports radio, the score for like many years. And I listened to them a lot in my like twenties, basically like twenties and thirties. And, um, they would like, no one was off limits. And in fact, they, they really attacked, uh, Michael Jordan a lot for mm-hmm. a lot of like the, the bad things that he did. Um, and, uh, you know, I think like, and, and what that would naturally do is draw the ire of the listeners and they would call in and th- say, you know, they would say like, you guys suck. Like, you know, you're just rude and you're just like ignorant or whatever. Like they, they wouldn't even say ignorant, but like, it's just, it's just like, it's like you, you attack players and like, obviously fans like react in a visceral sort of way. So anyway, you like, you know, I think one of the reasons why you like, like kind of hold like a spotlight to some of these guys is to show that because I, and you know, maybe this is like a, a, a kind of like a childish sort of thing, but it's like, you know, people tend to like hold athletes on pedestals for some reason. Like they think that they're like idols or gods or superhumans or whatever. And it's like, no, they're like a lot. Of, they're they're normal people, and like a lot of them are have pretty bad beliefs or you know like uh, whatever, just value systems or whatever. And so like. It's it's important to like keep things in a perspective, I think, in, in fandom, which sports is so big in fandom. And so like this is just a a perfect reminder of why you do that, because it's like I don't know, like it's like and I again there's a whole nother conversation about the vaccination, whatever, but it's like okay, so Rizzo like he's done some good things and I think it, it this is a really difficult thing for people to process. But I think it's good to know that like 
I think it's a good reminder to know that like not everyone's perfect and like um even it's and why that's why it's so weird in sports it's like you you try to find someone that you champion and that you like and like honestly the fact that so many of these guys are flawed individuals it's like I think when you find someone who actually seems to be a pretty good guy at least from every bit of information that you can access as a fan from a distance like you kind of like really rally around those guys because it's like okay this is a guy I can feel good about cheering for you know and so I don't know yeah um I mean it's it's interesting too to see how how Cubs fans um maybe tried to defend Rizzo a little bit more than they defended somebody or or their lack of defense of somebody like Sogard you know um essentially it's like the same they're guilty of the same thing which is like being basically being outspoken against the vaccine or you know if not outspoken certainly not encouraging people to get it and not getting it themselves um but you know for yeah, for Sogard, it's like, you know, people were just kind of like, fuck him, and still are, and right, rightfully so. But for Rizzo, a lot of people were trying to, uh, at first, defend him and say, well, he is a cancer survivor, so maybe he talked it over with his doctor and, you know, was advised not to. But then, you know, A, Rizzo never said that. Um, B, uh, it seems like from everything I've heard, um, people in who are in his uh, type of situation are were some of the first people who were recommended to get the vaccine. Because they're immunocompromised, um, yeah. Yes. Um, and uh, third, um, he even if he was uh, uh, advised against it, getting it himself, he, he should have done the right thing and, and told other people to get it. But, uh, and you know, instead he, he did the Hosmer thing where he just said, we, let's, let's just wait a little while on it. And uh, gather gather a little bit more data about it. He said right. it's a big it's a big decision for him and his family. But it's not it's not a it's not a big decision. Um, you know, it, it's just getting a getting a shot and then your arm, arm is sore for a day. That's all. That's all it is. Um, no, no, you know, yeah. it's keeping people around you safe. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think that uh, like you said, Jeremy, uh, these, you know, some of these guys they seem like good guys. But and we mentioned this with David Bodie too. Like a, a lot of them are just coddled from the time they're uh, you know in high school and college and the minor leagues, and you know nobody ever really tells them no. Um, you know, so they, they get to thinking that their their way of thinking is is maybe uh, better than than other people's. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I was pretty pretty disappointed. Um, yeah. You just you yeah you just you as uh, as Eric Estrada said about police work. You know you you, ne- you never know you never know so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, disappointed is the is the right word. I mean, like, I, and like, I it's 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 tough for me because it's like, yeah, I would like, I I would like, I would be the first person to to send Eric Sogard or Jake Arietta or uh, David Bodie, I guess, like out packing out out of town, like you know, like on on the first train out of here. Rizzo, obviously, there's a lot of history um, with him and the team, and you know, it's like. I've been reading a lot of articles about it. I think uh, the John Greenberg article in The Athletic is, is a really good article. And, um, you know, obviously, like, Rizzo has done a lot of things for, like, like cancer ch- uh, patients, uh, children uh, with cancer. Like, um, he, he's done a lot of good things uh, for the community. And that's, you know, talking about, like, the, the David Bodies or – I don't even know why we're singling out David Bodie necessarily. But, like, we're talking about players – who have been coddled or like just are in a bubble in their own kind of bubble. You know, it's like, that's one of the, one of the things about Rizzo is like the fact that he was a cancer survivor, you would think gave, gives him an extra perspective on certain things. Mm-hmm. Like I think like, a, like having a life threatening 
um, illness that that you almost died from, like I, you would think would give you like a different perspective on certain things and make you realize like what's, um, you know, like, like what's important, like you know. Like, yeah, like, well, especially because Tommy Hadovy apparently had COVID and had like a sure. serious case of it, and so, talked to the Cubs about how serious it was. Yeah, and so did his buddy uh, Freddie Freeman too, Frederick. Um, right, you know, also had like so. It's like, it's like, did did, did they cut off the um, did they cut off the the mic there where he's like Frederick, Freddie, and then he's like, I'm not getting the vi- I'm not getting the vaccine. Like, <laughs> I don't care that you had it, and you you talked about how strong and healthy you were, but it knocked it brought you to your knees. You know, like, you know, so like, you know that I it's just so I don't know it's you know I it, it, it it's you can't make excuses, and I I don't think it. I, you know, we we kind of joke about like having like a double or a double standard sometimes for for certain things, but like I, certainly in this situation, like I couldn't in good conscience uh, like make a double standard for Rizzo and not for some of these other chuds that are on the Cubs. Um, it's like <laughs> here, uh, this is my one little olive branch is that at least he said I'm not entirely opposed to getting it, mm-hmm. um, but that's not good. Like it's like. Like what? What data is he looking for? Like how much data? Like how? When is he gonna have enough data? Like in ten years? Like is it? And then he's like, okay, you know, ten years. I think I think this thing's pretty safe. I think I'll go ahead and get the shot. It's like, you know, I we I I mean, did, Jack, did we get into it with Hosmer about like this whole family stuff? Like this, I gotta do what's right for my family. Did we talk about? I, I don't. I don't think we really did, but that's the same thing that that Rizzo said. It was a big decision for me and my family. It's essentially yes, and and like, what does that mean? So like, honestly, I don't even like. Well, okay, so obviously there's a lot of fake news going around out there. Bad news, probably most of it on Facebook on, or on social media, um, and you know, there's def- there's obviously people who don't check sources and don't like you know and want to believe what they want to believe, and they see something and they just believe it, even though it's fucking bullshit. And so the, the the stuff out there about like, you know, um, the vaccine like, you know, risking like for like affecting fertility, uh, in women or whatever. Like, when when these players are citing like, oh, it's personal or or it's like I have to keep my family like first in mind. It's like that's kind of like the only conclusion that I could come to. And like, you know, you 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 kind of can you kind of like can see on in some scenario where like wives and girlfriends like of players like communicate like probably our friends on social media probably pass around the same bad memes that other like morons in this country are passing around and you know i i feel like the bad inf- information probably gets spread you know from from players wife to players wife in the city or from different cities and i hate to even like impugn like players wives as if like they are unable to like make a good choice but it's like when they when 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 players like are referencing like I got to do what's right for my family, it's like what does that mean? So like you would think that the right thing would be your family is to protect them from you contracting COVID on the road and bringing it to your your wife and then her parents and then your parents and whatever, um, and then the fucking you know retirement community where the, your parents live, whatever. Um, but like you know, I it, it seems to me like if you read between the lines, I kind of feel like what they're saying is like. You know, if we're going to have a family or, like, keep adding to our family, like, we need to uh, make sure that my wife is fertile or whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, saying it's it was a big decision for me and my family almost sounds like code yeah. for the fact that they believe that this article about – or this inf- false information about how, how the vaccine affects fertility. Yeah, no, and, and it's like 
you know, and like I I don't know. It's like these guys are like they're not paid to for their for their intelligence. Sadly, you know, some of them are intelligent players like people, but like they're paid to to play baseball to hit a fucking ball with a bat. Um, a lot of them like didn't really study that well in school. Like they got by by their their physical talents. A lot of these guys are fucking in their twenties, and it's like. You know, like when you're in your 20s, like how well how well equipped are you to make like the right decisions, you know, uh, in, in your life? And so like there's so many things that go along to it. And I don't know, it's just like a bigger picture sort of thing. And it's it's sad. It's just so it's just it's just disappointing. I mean, that there's no other way you can put it other than it's like, what do I do? I was so I was at the game Friday. I was at the game where Rizzo hit the homer on, mm-hmm. on 14 pitches. And like I couldn't like bring myself to clap for it. I was like. I was like um, impressed with the moment, but I, you know, it, it stung that it was like Rizzo coming on the news of just hearing this thing about the vaccination, and it's just, it's just sad to hear. It's like it's sad, so sad to hear like David Ross and Jed Hoyer trying to say like, "Hey, we've tried all we can do. We tried to educate these guys. We've we've given them like the right, the proper information, and it's like they still don't believe you because who knows what people of their family are seeing like on social media with like." like fake news and so it's just it the whole thing is just a mess and uh it's indicative of this of our society as like in a bigger picture which is uh you know a whole thing but um it's just it's it's obviously just like so close to home with like uh like the face of the cubs which is anthony rizzo yeah, um, I guess to sum it up, Jeremy, they uh, they said on on baseball Reddit, the sub baseball subreddit, um, you know, you can take the man out of Florida, but you can't take Florida out of the man. So, I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's another thing. Yeah, he he is from Florida, I guess. Yeah, and they were also calling Spider Tack uh, Spider Semen, so that was uh, I think Yankee oh. fans were calling it that. So you know that <laughs> sticky substance that Garrett yeah. Cole was, but yeah. So there, there's some good stuff, good stuff on baseball Reddit, folks. <laughs> For sure. Um, um, I, w- I was going to say really quick, just to like wrap, wrap that up really quick. Like number one, um, the whole news of the Rizzo thing makes me rethink that list, Jack. I, I and now I'm like, is a uh, Jack Peterson, uh, <laughs> like, is he vexed? Is, um, uh, shit. I can't even think of some of the other guys that I was, Oh, Patrick wisdom. Like who, we don't know any, like at least now there's like at least guys who have said outright that they're vaccinated. So like, it's like, okay. Ian Happ, Contreras, Hendricks is vaccinated. Ross is vaccinated. Like at this point, we can only go on the people who have outright said that they are. Um, so it, I do it, like that Hendricks. You know, the undisputed smartest guy on the team who went to Dartmouth yeah. is vaccinated. Right. That says that says it all. Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, um, even like Tom Ricketts uh, in this article in the Athletic article, like you know, John Greenberg says that Ricketts is vaccinated. Which like, like, all right. Thank you. At least like. At least that's one thing that we can't hold against Tom Ricketts. Um, <laughs> is that he at least got the fucking vaccination. Um, but, uh, but yeah, re- uh, Jack, too, another funny thing, uh, just real quick side note, is I was in the card shop uh, yesterday, uh, the, my local card shop, and um, I came in, I was wearing my mask. Uh, so things have opened up in Chicago now as of, like, Friday. And um, I, I, I went in there just because you don't know it. This right, we're in a weird transition period. I, a lot of places, like yep. the local grocery store, isn't requiring masks. I don't think Target is. Um, so I went in with a mask, but uh, the owner and his like coworker were not wearing masks. So I was in there talking to him for a little bit, and then I was just like, "Are we good, you know, to not have the mask?" And he's like, "Yeah, as long as you're vaccinated, that's fine." And then the owner kind of said, as a joke to himself, he's like, 
Now, does this mean Rizzo can't, you know, can't come in here? Anymore? Oh, nice. <laughs> and this is the same owner who, like, Chris Bryant is coming in there. And and I, and he said he said that Anthony Rizzo has got, come into the card shop. Wow. Also. And so he said he was saying it as a joke. Um, and honestly, I'm not sure exactly how he was. I don't know if he was being like, oh, I guess Anthony Rizzo can't come in here now. Or he was saying, oh, man, like, this means Anthony Rizzo, you know. Regardless, he was saying it as a joke. I'm not exactly sure how he was saying it. But uh, I said, like, man, you know, I wish Chris could have, could have, you know, gotten like convinced him a little bit. And, and then I did like, I'm like, we were kind of talking about it. And I, I brought up this whole family thing. And like, I feel like, like, I, you know, we were talking about it kind of base level. And then I kind of brought it in. And I'm like, you know what I think it is? I think there's this thing going around. And then like, I like cleared the room base. I walked the room basically when I started getting into the family stuff. I feel like they didn't want to get that deep into it. Oh man! And so it was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, well, anyway, uh, <laughs> and, and Soto like Juan Soto had just like hit a double or something, and we were like, yep, oh, oh, that Juan Soto, you know? Oh god. Um, so, so yeah. So anyway, um, uh, that was uh, you know, it's it was an interesting thing, but uh, I think I. Yeah, I think um, I don't know. It's just it. I think it's an unpleasant. It's an unpleasant thing that for for people to talk about here in Chicago because you don't like. We all felt one way about Anthony Rizzo pretty much unanimously, and now it's like at best he's become po- a polarizing figure. Indeed, um, and Chicago, I believe, is the most vaccinated tier one city. So we did do uh, we did do well on it. Um, yeah. Well, Jeremy, you went to two two baseball games this week also um yeah you went to that friday cubs game which is super cool uh that was the first capacity crowd in almost two years um you also went to the south bend cubs on thursday yeah that's right yeah so i could i could do real quick hits on both of those games really quick um first of all the friday game uh yeah so so jack i've been at the first game with fans back i've been at the first game where they've expanded to 60 percent and i've been at the first game uh where they've uh, had full capacity so um, yeah, so that's, it's interesting. Um, I will say this, and this is another, this is another thing that maybe like, uh, queer to the conversation with, with these card shop guys is like, he, the guy, he's like, Hey, the guy asked me, he's like, Hey, so what, you know, what else has been going on? And I'm, I just said like, Oh, I was at that Cubs game yesterday and they're like, Oh, nice. And they're like, uh, was, so was it like totally sold out or like, and I'm like, I'm like, actually, you know what? It wasn't actually sold out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they were like, Oh, like, I feel like that's not what they wanted to hear. Um, uh, well, cause, yeah, because from everything I was hearing, um, it, they, they were saying, oh, we got like a complete packed uh, packed house today, um, right. capacity crowd. So right. I, <laughs> I could see how that'd be a downer for them. Right. Yeah. Just because, I mean, so, the, I, you know, it's not like I'm giving inside information. You can just look at the box score and see that the capacity, the, the, the attendance was 35,000 people. Mm-hmm. That's not a complete sellout. Um, like sellout at Wrigley is like 42,000 or something. Um, granted it was a Friday day game and they had also just opened up to full capacity like a week ago. So maybe it was too short of a notice for people to like, um, you know, fill like pack the place. Uh, I'll say that yesterday, I think it was like 37,000 and I don't know what the attendance was tonight. But it didn't uh, look like all the seats were full in the stands. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did say to the, I'm like, I'm like, it wasn't sold out, but, uh, but it felt like it was it, it, like, you know, like yeah. it, the crowd was really lively, uh, which is true. Um, and it was really lively at the game we went to, uh, too. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, so, so anyway, it was, it was, um, yeah, it was actually interesting because no one sat, no one was sitting for a second there. No one was to the left, right or front of us. Um, but, uh, but, uh, it, 
it ended up being like no one ended up coming and sitting next to us. We we were like two row two seats in from the aisle, and we ended up like moving over one to, for some space, which was nice. But uh, but yeah, it wasn't an entire sellout. But it, obviously, the crowd was super into it. Like what you saw on TV was was what it was like. Um, obviously, the Rizzo homer was pretty wild. Um, Jack, it was kind of funny. The wind was kind of blowing hard uh, right to left, and I, I had my own. I had to have my own little rain delay theater moment. Uh, Jack, even though I was flying solo for that one uh, mm-hmm. with my dad, um, there was an old guy sitting behind us, and he kept saying to like he was with like his grandson and like his daughter, I think, and he kept saying stuff like out loud, like like oh look at his OPS, like oh like you know, uh, he was like mad because like um, uh, who was pitching that day? Um, uh, damn, who was uh, pitching? Uh, Cole Stewart pitching uh-huh. the game. He was like he walked the pitcher on four pitches like twice in a row, which was crazy. Um, but he, no, no joke. He said at some point, he's like, Jack Peterson stepped to the plate and he's like, well, if he's going to hit one out, I, I don't, or he, if the Cubs are going to come back, I don't think it's going to be with a homer. Cause, uh, the wind's blowing pretty hard. And, uh, <laughs> like sure enough, Peterson hits a home run to center. field, <laughs> And like, as he was like rounding the bases, everyone was standing and clapping. I had to turn around and I said to him, like, I must've got it in under that wind. <laughs> how did like, he react to that he was like yeah yeah i think he and he made like a motion with his hand like yeah he must have angled it under the wind and yeah you know and like it was so unnecessary and i wasn't even really saying i was kind of saying it just to say something yeah but like i know that it would definitely could come across like like an asshole comment um and i didn't mean it like that. i was just trying to talk to the guy but uh, sure but it was definitely a rain delay theater moment uh for sure um and he said a couple other things that was like just wrong like he said something that was immediately proven wrong <laughs> like as soon as he said it um but yeah, yeah that was like that that one game uh, i think it was opening day jeremy where there was like an 0-2 count on a batter for the cubs and uh some you said some lady yelled wait for your pitch or something <laughs> like that yeah 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 exactly exactly <laughs> um so yeah so uh so that was uh, it was obviously a fun game though and the cubs did sweep the the cardinals so that that's feeling pretty good about that um Jack, Thursday night, the night before, I drove out to South Bend for my first South Bend Cubs game, um, and uh, I saw a combined no-hitter. A full That's in- insane. Yeah, a nine-inning no-hitter. Um, uh, pretty crazy. It was, like, on the front page of, you know, milb.com, and, uh, you know, as it should be. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, the the starter the, – what's cool – like, I'll say this. Obviously, seeing – well, first of all, the, the first the, the last two you know non major league baseball games I've been to have been <laughs> per, like no hitters which is kind of weird um, you know if anything it's it, it's taking the the shine out of like seeing a no hitter and I guess you know same thing with like major league there's been so many this year so far um, but uh, but yeah so like that was weird and I guess anticlimactic in a certain way only because it's minor leagues and that it was a combined no hitter but what's cool about it is that it was only two pitchers so the starter went five and the reliever went four. Mm-hmm. It's weird. That he actually got a save too. Right. Um, he would. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was also weird that the, the, it wasn't a shutout. The, the, the Cubs did score a run. Um, we, we haven't really gotten into it, but there are these rules in, um, in a ball that they're trying out where the pitcher has to step completely off the rubber to try to throw, to make a pickoff attempt. Um, and as a result, pitchers are kind of like not making as many throw, throws over to the bases. Um, and kind of focusing just on the batter a little more, which means that the runners are running more. So um, a guy got hit or walked, I can't remember. Uh, 
on the South Bend Cubs stole second, stole third, and then scored on a wild pitch. So they scored without score without hitting a without getting a base hit. So the final score was I think six to one, um, or five to one, one of the two. Um, and uh, yeah, like the the it was the Wisconsin Timber Timber Rattlers, which is the Brewers associate uh, or affiliate, and uh, they stormed uh, the field. And mm-hmm. uh, you know it was pretty cool. Um, like they they were they were you know happy about it. They were celebrating it, which is cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it was weird to see, for sure. Yeah, and Jeremy, you, you texted me a picture of the from the game um, uh, way back when we went to the South Bend Cubs game. I think it was 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. They had that MC guy there who would who would do uh, do stuff between innings, <laughs> yeah. and uh, we you know we we tore him a new one uh, like we like we do on here. Uh, he, he was like, oh yeah, the Elkhart's a great town. They got Jazz Fest going on. Like gives it gives a shit about Elkhart Jazz Fest. Um, and but you know uh, after when we go to games like that. We'll usually, uh, you know, take a picture of the minor league field, tag it on social media, uh, tweet about it. And so, um, you know, it stands to reason that uh, the South Bend, somebody from the South Bend Cubs organization may have listened to the podcast or whatnot. And uh, Jeremy texted me. You said this guy, this MC guy, kept looking over at you. And from the picture you texted me, dude, he was giving you the stink guy, man. Yeah. Yeah. So he he got up, you know, in between. So I was sitting right behind home plate and... um, he got up. He was sitting a section over from me, but like I was all the way to, you know, we were kind of like across the aisle from each other. So he was he was right there. He was sitting, I believe, with his wife the whole night. But so he would just talk to her and then he would uh, get up and do like his like piece. Like he would do like a stand up like presentation thing like every other inning, basically. So um, he would just stand up in the aisle, do his, his little thing, like play a game or whatever. And so I, I was trying to sneak a picture of him anyway, just Jack, just to sh- texted to you just to show you how close I was sitting to the guy but so this I felt was like an actual thing that I could take a picture of it wasn't like you know shady or whatever so I took a picture of him and like yeah in the picture he like he's like looking at me he's giving me the side eye for sure and um I after I took that picture I took my camera down and I was like looking and he was like still looking at me and so like it was one of those weird moments where like I just I know he was looking at me, so I just gave him like the thumbs up and then turned around really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but I yeah. don't know, Jeremy. Maybe someday uh, we'll reap what we've sown in these games. If that's the right expression I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The version I, I texted this to you, but like, yeah, some kind of version of the last episode of Seinfeld, where all of the people we've wronged just come on the podcast and you know and tear us a new one. I think that would be great. Yeah, exactly. Get our comeuppance for sure. Right. Was um, uh, yeah. I, I do have a question, Jeremy. So was uh, was Rod Steiger's character from In the Heat of the Night working the parking lot again or no? <laughs> yeah, Jack, there were no uh, parking attendants. Maybe they they hadn't okay. gone to full uh, capacity. Honestly, sure. Jack, a couple of those lots that we parked in, like, weren't even they they like haven't been touched in in since then i feel and like there was like weeds growing out of them and stuff and they, wow okay it looked like a ghost town like in those lots which was kind of sad and i ended up parking um like kind of beyond center field in this in this in this lot mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah so it's uh i don't know well it's kind of weird like we we didn't really talk about it but the stretch of south bend that you travel through to get to the stadium like already kind of looks kind of run down definitely you know and like i feel like maybe that's indicative of like the rust belt of this country which is you know part of a bigger picture but like um but yeah so like it was um it looked even a little more desolate around the stadium uh than it did in 2019 when we were there and certainly like having not i mean south bend isn't like the same as 
I don't even want to say Beloit because Beloit is at least in proximity to Chicago and Milwaukee. But like, what a, you know, say whatever you know. I don't know, uh, some Cedar Rapids or something. You know, I don't know. Um, at least South Bend is has Notre Dame. Basically, is what I'm saying. Right. But, like, but but a whole year of not having minor league baseball isn't going to be good on a minor league town. Uh, no, and I can't imagine what what a town like Clinton. Uh, you, you know, yeah. There you go, Clinton. Yeah. So. So yeah, so um, so I don't know, uh, but uh, it, um, I think they went back to full capacity too uh, this weekend, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. Hope to get back to some other games. I got um, got Garrett Mitchell's autograph, the uh, number twentieth overall pick mm-hmm. uh, for the Brewers uh, last last year. Super yeah. nice guy. Uh, he was he was super nice about signing an autograph. Um, and I uh, got some other random guys uh, for the for the Brewers and uh, and a couple Cubs guys. So. Uh, it was fun. They were signing autographs, which I didn't know if they would, but they they were. And I, if I was an owner of the Brewers, I would I would say do not sign autographs. Do not fucking get COVID from one of these guys. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they were, so I got an autograph. So nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, Garrett Mitchell. Um, yeah, or- Orange County boy. I'm sure he's uh, I'm sure he's enjoying living in Appleton, Wisconsin. You gotta <laughs> love the you gotta love the minor leagues, Jeremy. Yeah, absolutely. With his three point eight million dollars signing bonus or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Jeremy, what do you got against the Marquee Network? Oh well, I was just gonna say like, so this is um, I, we, we've I feel like we've been so negative on this on this uh, uh, episode already, and then we're we're gonna have a lot more negativity <laughs> here. So I was like, I was almost gonna. Like, you know, I I don't really get need to get too deep into it, but I was just like I had an observation about the marquee network and like, Jesus, man, it's like, you know, so Mark Grace is back this year. He's Mm -hmm. he's he's back. He's 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 not he hasn't been in game, but he's been doing post game. And it's like, you know, I could say why, why, why bring him back? Why? Why why are you going to try to resurrect this thing after what happened? Like, it's just. Just, just let it go. Just send him off to to see. You know, let him, let him go. Let him go back to Arizona or whatever. Um, but he's still on the network. And then I also noticed like Steve Phillips is like a correspondent. Like maybe not on Cubs post game, but like they have this like show. They have like a show that actually looks over like like Sports Center, like talks about the whole sports world basically. And Steve Phillips. Um, so Steve Phillips, former ESPN uh, correspondent, and I think he was a former. Was he the GM of the Mets? Um. Yeah, Steve Phillips. I think. I think he was. Yes. Yeah. And then he went yeah. to ESPN. Well, mm-hmm. the guy was fired from ESPN for having an affair with his like, with an intern. And it's like, wh- what is it about Marquis that has they have to hire all these guys with like checkered pasts? It's like this is like they're like a rehabilitation network. And like, <laughs> what? Like it's like yeah, if you fucked up at your old job, like come on to Marquis and we'll give you another shot. It's like, I, you know, and like okay, questionable politics. It's like. They have to, so they have to like just bring these fucking like these like uh, you know rejects back from like other places, and it's like you know to an extent it's like a Reinsdorf like level of like loyalty, which is like why wh- why are they loyal? Why do they have to feel loyal to Mark Grace and like guys like Steve Phillips? Like these guys were fired for for reasons, for good reasons. Fucking Mark Grace was in jail, like, and and I know people get get second chances, but like. Mark Grace blew. I feel like he blew his second chance. So like, what? Why are these guys? Why does Marquee Network insist on hiring these kinds of guys? I don't get it. Yeah, Steve Phillips had a he had an affair with a woman who was twenty four years his junior. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and that, that his wife filed for divorce because of that. I mean, who, what's next? Are they going to bring in Harold Reynolds? 
<laughs> right. I know. I'll say as much as I like uh, MLB Network, Harold Reynolds, uh, he was like one of their first guys they hired. So they, um, <laughs> I think they were cool. They were they got in uh, definitely before the Me Too movement. And uh, I don't yeah, know. They, they didn't right. have to suffer too much uh, backlash about hiring Harold Reynolds. And of course, no one remembers it now except for Randall A. Theater. So. No. Yeah. Right. Well, I hear I hear Roberto Alomar is also looking for a job. There so, you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just look for him as the third wheel uh, in the Cubs booth coming up. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. So we should get to the uh, let's get to the old game here um, yeah, on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I uh, I missed the first little bit. I caught some of the. I was on my way home from work, so I caught some of the first step. Inning on the train, um, missed most of the second, and uh, got in around the top of the third. Um, was there any 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 good stuff I might have missed at the beginning of the episode, Jeremy? Well, so like you know, one thing to keep in mind, and actually this kind of ties into the Rizzo thing a little bit. Um, but like one thing to keep in mind is again, like you know, so a Rod, so okay, a, is there a more is there a more rippable duo announcing duo in baseball than than Matt Vasgersian and and a Rod? The answer is no. That's why we've been ripping them for a couple of years now. Um, you know, uh, so they're they're in the booth. They're not in the booth. They're they're um, they're in the studio at ESPN, um, calling calling the game. So they're not in they're not in Wrigley Field, and they haven't been you know for two years, like you know for these last two seasons. Um, and so, do they get a pass for that? Like for their like why they're so bad because they're like in the because uh, they're not in the stadium the answer is no they're just bad anyway they're like they're honestly most of their shortcomings doesn't have to do with like calling the actual game on the field it's just like the the bonehead like banter that they bring to the the stadium or like the bad observations that aren't uh affected by distance it's just like it's like it's just stupid observations. Um, yeah, uh, just uh, to speaking of that, it was you know in the sixth or seventh inning they brought up how they were not in, they were not there and A Rod's like oh god I've got such bad FOMO right now like dude you're fifty you're fifty you you don't get to say FOMO man you sound ridiculous. Well, and also the guy you know boy, played like twenty years in in the major in the major leagues. It's like <laughs> come on man don't 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 fucking bullshit us like you know you're happy to be. You're happy to be sleeping in your own bed tonight, dude. Like, I mean, unless I don't know, unless he misses. Uh, I know he's recently single. Maybe, maybe he would like to be in L.A. or in uh, L.A. or Chicago or wherever. But um, I don't know. But, but yeah. So, so yeah. So, so anyway. So like, just to give some examples, like I think right off the bat, they they said a couple of things that were kind of just just examples of and this. So whatever. So Vaskersian is 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 uh, prepping the game, and of course he mentions deep dish pizza, which is just like, please, man. It's like I mean, but this is a, even a bigger thing than just Vaskersian. Like this is a whole ESPN thing, just stupid pandering and just like the the absolute like most laziest observations. Like, hey, Chicago. Oh, what about deep dish pizza? It's like, oh my god, can't you just fucking talk about anything else? Like. Deep fucking dish pizza. Okay, I get it. We have deep dish pizza in this city. Um, but but it was part of Matt Vaskersian's opening segment. He's like, you know, the fans in Wrigley are, are excited. They're at full capacity. Why don't they grab a piece of deep dish pizza and enjoy the game? Something like that. And it's like, of course, of course. I'm not even mad about it. But it's like that's just an example of why they're bad. Um, I'm pretty, pretty sure, Jack, that A-Rod called Zach Davies Zach David. 
Well, um, he ca- he called Mookie Betts Mookie Blaylock, so it wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if he yeah. called Zach Davies Zach David. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe he's like he's like Larry David's son or something. That, that would be pretty <laughs> cool, actually. But uh, he's not. So right off the bat, we had a couple like faux pas uh, from 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 these guys. Um, but yeah, so they, they, you know, they, they kind of did a really quick, I don't even know why they show them in studio. Like it's a, don't even give people the rem, don't even remind them unless they're trying to give them like, you know, an out for, for <laughs> anything dumb. They say is like, Hey, well, you have to understand these guys are not, these guys are thousand, 2000 miles away. Okay. So <laughs> they're going to make some, they're going to miss some things. Like, it's like, I don't even know why they show them in the studio. Um, as a real quick side note, Jack, I don't know if you know this, but one thing that I learned in that article about uh, in the athletic article uh, dating back to the Rizzo thing, because the Cubs are under two things, actually, real quick, because the Cubs are under 85 percent, the announcers can't travel with the team. And that's mm. one of the reasons why the announcers are still rec- like broadcasting from uh, the stadium. Ah. Um, Len Casper and Derek Jack- Darren Jackson for the um, White Sox are traveling with the team now uh, mm-hmm. calling games from the road. So and like there's been articles about how John Shambi is like kind of bugging his producer about like, hey, when can we get back on the road? When can we get to these stadiums and call these games? Because I can't do my job as good being away from from the stadium. Yeah, and I'm like, sure. I'm sure he takes his job seriously and I'm sure it, it affects it affects their work. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's very interesting that that's one of the reasons like I think that why the announcers aren't traveling is because the team is under 85 percent. Um so that was interesting. Another thing, just to go back to the the uh, while we're on the topic, uh, the capacity thing. I also read in that article that um, because the Cubs are under eighty five percent, the players' wives and girlfriends section uh, and family section has to be socially distanced still, even okay. though the, the stadium's at one hundred percent capacity. So I don't know if that's that's going to knock out like five thousand seats, uh, maybe a couple <laughs> hundred, but like. Um, it's also costing the Cubs like ticket sales because they, they have to socially distance the family section, which is pretty crazy. Um, but you know, we, we've already exhausted that, that area, but, um, but yeah, so, so they, they showed that. They, so one of the things that is interesting is that Buster only was at the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he gets to be there because he's uh, technically a, a writer. So he has like, just like a press credential or something like he's there as a sports writer. But um, but yeah, he was um, he's there and and they're not and he's clearly the most intelligent baseball mind on the broadcast. So thank God he's there in any capacity. Yeah, definitely. And I, I was going to say uh, Jessica Mendoza hasn't been on for a couple years now. Um, I forget the circumstances under which she left. But uh, like since she's been gone, these two A Rod and Vescarjan are just they're worse. It's like she yeah. was at least a little bit of a buffer for their stupidity but yeah. now it's like they just they just have free reign to just go you know go wherever they want to and it's it's gotten worse because of that yeah it's true I, she she definitely um just she added like at least a, a sense of a voice that had a somewhat of a different perspective i have my own issues with jessica mendoza myself and um you know she has her own she has the capability of saying stupid things. Uh, yes, she does. Did, didn't she say who, who was it? She said that. Oh yeah, Mike, she said Mike that Fires shouldn't have spoken out about yeah. the. Uh, he shouldn't have blown the whistle. Yes. Yeah. 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 So she's certainly capable of. And, and hey, maybe we can blame a Rod and Vescursion for. Maybe maybe they, they they rubbed off on her to like make that bad comment and <laughs> it was an isolated incident. But um, but yeah. So so whatever. And 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 you know. So that's a whole other thing. But um. Uh, they could use her in the booth, absolutely. So, 
Um, and well, why did they get rid of her? I don't know because she was too good. Like it's it's it's, <laughs> it's fucking it's dumb. I don't get it. But but yeah. Well, uh, one of the first things I saw, so I mentioned that I, I missed a little, I was in and out uh, during the very beginning of the game, but uh, I did see uh, right right at the beginning, they, they showed uh, in the Cubs dugout, they had a, a big, a huge bag, of like a garbage bag full of popcorn. It was like a clear garbage bag full of popcorn. I used to work in a movie theater and we used to get like, you know, the leftover popcorn at night. We would get to like bring it home in a big garbage bag if we wanted to. And, you know, it'd be like, oh, yeah, it's so awesome. We get all this free popcorn. It's like, no, that's kind of disgusting, actually. Like, <laughs> it's just the leftover popcorn that nobody wants. I'm assuming their bag was probably Garrett's popcorn. Oh, um, yeah. You or the, or it's, so. What's that? Uh, Nuts on Clark. They also have popcorn, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. You would hope it was that something that good. I was I was wondering. So it was Mike Napoli. I, I mean, I don't know if Mike Napoli brought it, but he was sitting next to it. It mm-hmm. seemed like it was Mike Napoli's popcorn that he brought to the, the dugout. And Baez was sitting on the other side of him eating the eating the popcorn. Um, but it was it was definitely a funny moment. It's, it's something as a Cubs fan you love to see. Like this team is, you know, on a hot streak. They they've won two of three, looking for the sweep against the Cardinals. Cardinals are falling deeper into Central, and they have to look over at the dugout and see them eating like this big bag of popcorn. It's like it's like oh god, talk about like two like teams headed in different directions. Um, and that's like the big bag of popcorn in the dugout is like the insult to injury uh, for the Cardinals, which as a Cubs fan you love to see. I don't um, think we talked about Mike Napoli yet, did we? Um, I don't think so, no. No, and we were talking about him a little bit at the last game we went to. I think it was at that Reds game. But, like, he's got to be just there to, like, hang out. His his job yes. is quality assurance coach. Yes. But I don't think he does anything but just, like, it's like he just likes hanging out in the locker room with the boys and, like, pretending that he's still a player. That's got to be all he does. I mean, 100%. I mean, I, I – yeah, I mean, I – you know, and then maybe every once in a while he'll walk by the cage and he'll be like, you know, uh, keep your eye on the ball or something. You know? <laughs> like, you know, but like totally. And like, yeah, he's like kind of like just like a, a, a an out there kind of, you know, an unctuous kind of guy or whatever. Like and just um, uh, just just a goofy guy. Like he gave he let Rizzo wear his chains uh, a couple years ago and Rizzo hit like a homer and he like broke out of a slump. So he wore Napoli's chains a couple times. Um, so that became a thing. Like he's totally there, like the whole party at Napoli's thing. Um, so yeah, it's, it's funny that he's there and then he's there to, to bring it, bring a big bag of popcorn into the dugout. (laughs) Of course, I think maybe my favorite comment of the night from A-Rod came after that. So you hear these, these cub, these guys are eating this popcorn and A-Rod goes, Hey, it's Sunday night in Chicago. Why not? (laughs) What? Man, even even the early spring in Chicago guy thought that comment was stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like okay, so Sunday like so Sunday night in Chicago is a big night and <laughs> and because it's a big night, why not eat a big bag of popcorn? It's like what what, what is let's break this down, A-Rod. Let's I'm going to force you. I'm going to I'm going to hold you to this and make you break down your comedy, explain your comedy here because <laughs> I don't get any part of it. It was just it's like something to say. It's like it's like someone's like dropped a quarter in his in his you know in his slot and like he had to say something and he said <laughs> he said that's what he came up with. It's like, oh man, a rod like, and it was a promising um you know I think I think just to kind of like, kind of give an overview like this game actually was like close and competitive between two like division rivals and I feel like it probably wasn't obviously they they always give you some kind of gems but I feel like you know it probably wasn't as packed with as many foibles as, um, uh, 
as normal games would have. So like there there weren't so many things, but we got some gems early on, like this this one being uh, case in point. But uh, yeah, Jeremy, yeah. Uh, something like a, a blowout. Uh, would have been a lot more conducive to them just having to talk about whatever to yeah, fill the time. Sure. This game was super crisp. There were not a lot of hits. Uh, all the pitchers worked really fast. So there, there was, and and there weren't that many strikeouts either. There was a lot of balls put in play. Yeah. Um, so just because of the Christmas of that, they didn't really have any, a chance to go off on any any dumb ch- tangents. Uh, what A Rod's line though reminded me of there was, I, you know how like sometimes you'll be out like drinking on like a Tuesday night and you're gonna like take a shot with your friends. You're like, hey, whatever, man, it's Tuesday, and then you're gonna, you know, and then you, you all laugh and then like take the shot, but it, nothing that was said was really funny. Like that, that's <laughs> yeah, what right. that's what his comment was like. But like it's like you're saying that about two, like two guys who are sharing a big bag of popcorn. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not not great. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it was a really crisp game. I think the game ended up being like two hours and forty minutes, which still sounds kind of long, but it, it didn't seem that long uh, as you were watching it. Um, yeah. You know, you blinked and it was already the the seventh inning. Um, Patrick Wisdom was in this game. Uh, Jeremy, we, yeah. we've been talking about him a little bit. We saw him at the alt site game. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw a lot of these guys. A lot of guys uh, in that game have, have come to come on to play roles in the in the major league season. But uh, Jeremy, I will say before we get into more of Patrick Wisdom, Nolan Arenado made some great plays at third base, and he robbed Patrick Wisdom on yeah. uh, a play that was one of the better plays I've seen in baseball in a long time. And I almost feel like Patrick Wisdom was trying to like one up him with his fielding, and he ended up throwing one away. Yeah, well, I mean, this plays. This goes into um, uh, this. Um, this plays into this next thing that I want to talk about because this happened. They sh- were showing this video of Patrick Wisdom while Arenado made this play. Mm-hmm. So, this is one thing that you get from like national broadcasts, which and I, you know, we I've ranted enough. We've both ranted enough about national broadcasts, and here we are doing a whole episode about one. But <laughs> you know, there's a reason why you don't show fucking video. Like in- interviews, fucking inter- player interviews during a baseball game while the a game is happening because any fucking pitch, a play can happen and it could be spectacular. It could be the best thing that you've ever seen. It could be the play like Javier Baez. It's like if 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 that game, if that if that uh, Pirates Cubs game where Baez like had like did the El Mag- Mago play was on ESPN, they probably would have been showing a fucking interview with fucking uh like uh like Kevin Newman or something like, I, like I, I, was, I was hard pressed to name even one pirate, but they probably would have been showing some stupid interview. So they were showing an interview with Patrick wisdom with Buster only interviewing Patrick wisdom and Arenado makes this amazing play. And so not only do they miss the play because it's like picture in picture. So it was like all small, but then they come back from the wisdom uh, video and they, they don't even talk about it because they have to talk about the play that they missed. And it's like, this is why ESPN is fucking sucks because you show interviews during a fucking game. It's like, are you showing the game or are you showing a, an interview show? Because you could have showed that interview before the game. You could have showed it during a commercial break, pregame, postgame. But you're showing it while live game action is happening. And you missed a great play. That's why ESPN fucking sucks. And so they had to come back um, from the play and not talk about the video and talk about the play. Um, and it was, it, was, it was just stupid. It was just horrible timing. Um, and they couldn't have known that that would happen, but that's the exact point why you don't show a fucking interview during the fucking game. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about the the, the video. Uh, also, Arenado made another great play, um, and I'm sure they were they missed it too. But um, the video of Patrick Wisdom was also was 
also c- completely not worth it. Because um, you were there, you were getting some like insight onto Patrick Wisdom, which is fine. But also, the whole point of those sorts of things is like that's what the color guy is there for. The color guy is supposed to say that kind of stuff. So, of course, A Rod couldn't be you know couldn't be uh, troubled. I think after the whole Matt Carpenter salsa incident, they they probably don't let him talk to anybody anymore. Um, <laughs> Or he probably didn't even know who Patrick Wisdom was to even give him the time of day. But they talked about like how he like loves to dance, and then they showed a clip of Patrick Wisdom dancing, and it didn't really look that impressive. Um, they also talked about Patrick Wisdom's wedding, and they said that for dinner, like the dinner at the wedding was they served dinner for or breakfast for dinner, and so everyone got like bacon and eggs or something, and like the dessert were donuts. And uh, I've never heard I've never heard of that at a wedding. No, certainly not at a wedding. And and if I was at that wedding, I would be fucking pissed. It's like I didn't fucking, you know, because like the whole at wedding etiquette, right? You have to pay for your plate or whatever via your gift. And it's like, hey, I didn't fucking buy you guys a fucking blender so you can serve me fucking eggs and bacon. Like this is bullshit. Like give me a fucking <laughs> steak. Give me give me some meat. Give me at least give me some chicken. Like, but fucking like eggs and sausage. Like no, man, this is bullshit. Yeah. Well, also, you know, usually at a at a wedding, it's it's just it's a pretty small dish too. It's like just a you know like a little piece of chicken and maybe a, a side salad and and whatever. Um, but like if you're eating a whole big plate of like a you know a, a grand slam breakfast, like I don't think anybody I don't think anybody's gonna want to hit the dance floor after they ate like three pancakes and scrambled eggs and sausage. It's that's true. Yeah, maybe that's why Patrick Wisdom's dancing wasn't. Just kind of <laughs> But um, but yeah. So anyway, so like yeah. So that was kind of some funny stuff. But uh, which I'm I'm glad I know that Patrick Wisdom served breakfast uh, for dinner at his wedding. But you know, let why don't you try to pepper that into the broadcast organically and not miss a fucking play like by showing a video like picture in picture. So anyway, so that was ridiculous. Um. That must have been in, like, the second inning or something. Maybe it was the uh, – yeah, it must have been in the bottom of the second. They come back at the top of the third, and um, I guess um, I guess someone from the Car- Cardinals must have gotten on base uh, or something because A-Rod at that point said – this is in the top of the third, mind you. I made a note to, to record what time it was. He said something – um, or maybe maybe they hadn't given up a hit yet, um, and uh, they had gotten a guy out. And um, Patrick or uh, uh, A Rod said, um, "Well, you know, we got two perfect games going here," and um, <laughs> and it was the top of the third inning. And and at least Vaskurgeon like laughed it off, and he said like, "Oh, uh, a little too early to be calling that." Um, and like and A Rod didn't uh, didn't respond. I I it make I can only draw the conclusion that he like legitimately meant it, and he was like kind of pissed that A Rod or that uh, Vaskurgeon like you know kind of laughed him off. But another just absurd A Rod comment. Yeah, and that, they they started also talking about uh, spin rate yep. uh, a little bit. Um, we'll get to, we'll get to a Vaskurgeon comment in a second. But A Rod also said something pretty stupid about that. Yeah. So um, they showed they showed like the. Uh, um, uh, the data um, of like since June fifth, I guess, which is, I guess, is when the the the, uh, the tacky substance um, kind of gate, whatever you want to call it, kind of kind of blew up a little bit, and so um, the supposed crackdown started, and they showed like the dis the differences between average spin rate 
before that date and after that date, and like it had gone down slightly um, since June fifth, and uh, I believe it was a Rod. Like, you know, uh, Vescurgeon said like to a Rod, like, "What do you what do you make of those numbers?" And he's like, "You know what? Uh, I want to see more data on that before I make my decision." And uh, I uh, couldn't help but uh, get some Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's with all these ball players just wanting to see more data? Right. Exactly. The guys who say like, I don't look at stats, and I don't, uh, you know, I just try to like focus on, you know, the the ball, whatever. And like, oh, now all of a sudden they want to see all this data, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, you know, I think it's it's something you can say to make yourself sound a little smarter when you don't understand something instead of like taking a stance on it. Just be like. Yeah, you know, I I think I just I'd like to see more data on that. Right, um, yeah, exactly. I might I might actually use that at work sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that's uh, I think that was um, uh, uh, prescient. It was a, it was a very uh, prescient con- con- uh, comment coming off of this whole uh, Anthony Rizzo stuff. Um, yeah, another comment that they made um, was. Uh, they were talking about the, they interviewed Ross at some point. Well, I don't. They said something. Uh, Vescursion said something about the secret sauce. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like this was when they were talking about the spin thing. Yeah. But yeah, then yeah. Vescursion's like, well, not you know, he was talking to Buster only when he he was okay. like, well, now that they're you know not using the secret sauce anymore, and it's you guys who are like, and he and then he like kind of uh, you know built only up because like he was one of the guys who reported on it so uh-huh. he, he said secret sauce during that segment but yeah. then like in the next half inning so like five <laughs> minutes later they were interviewing ross in the dugout so they you know another another in-game interview um this one you know live um so they were interviewing ross and uh you know they were talking about chris bryant and then uh and then vascarson's like so what do you think the secret sauce is that's made chris <laughs> bryant so good say like, are you dude w- w- stop saying secret sauce like yeah. they're pay- what are they paying you about a million dollars a year for this job? Like can't you come up with other stuff to say than secret sauce? <laughs> right. Yeah, Jesus. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was yeah. It, again, <laughs> just right, just immediately right after he said it a second time in kind of a different context. Uh, um, but uh, but yeah. Um, uh, a Rod misattributed. He was reading Sergio Alcantara's stats at some point and just had them. He's like he hit. I heard him say like he's hit five homers this year, which I'm like, no, he hasn't. Like, I it up. <laughs> he hasn't hit five homers in his career, uh, and I don't know what he was reading if he was reading someone else's stats or what. But he was completely wrong on that. Um, they were, they kept having a bug up their ass about like pitch location. Like Zach Davies was not trying to throw any high pitches, but then he threw a high pitch uh, to DeJong and, and struck him out or DeYoung. And um, they're like, certainly it wasn't because of the pitch location. It's like, give it up with this fucking high strike. Like, you you pitch to batters, like, you know, situationally. And, like, you can get a guy to chase on a high strike. Like, it's certainly not uh, unheard of. And so they were, they kept referencing that. That's the thing is, like, A-Rod hooks himself into, like, he, 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 like, manufactures a point and then hooks himself to it. And then they reference it. And then... Vaskersian references it to kiss A-Rod's ass, but the point to begin with was wrong. So they just keep, they just sound like idiots. Like that's that's kind of like part of the that's part of their secret sauce. Is like that's what they do as broadcasters, like calling these games. Like they hook onto these these um, erroneous points and then like keep referencing it whenever something happens, even though it's wrong to begin with. So anyway, um, Jack. One another thing that was funny. I thought uh, there was a. a conversation on the mound 
uh, with Mike Ma- Mike Maddox, right? And Carlos. Uh, yeah, Martinez. yeah. Mike Maddox. It was yeah. Mike Maddox, Carlos Martinez, and uh, Yadi Molina were like having a conversation on the mound. Yeah, and so um, they were <laughs> they were like you know commenting on the the conversation, and I guess um, uh, was it A Rod who like read the lips, and then he was like Toto Bien. He said Toto Bien. Like that means everything's good. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Hey, I mean, hey, I'm I'm doing Duolingo now, Jeremy. So I know what that means. I think. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And then did he did he say tranquilo too? Then, then the ne- then like a, then later on in the game there was another pitching uh ma- uh, uh, con- uh you know conference on the mound and uh, they broke it up like Maddox like you know shook his head and like went back in the dugout and like. Vascurgeon said, tranquilo, like everything's good, you know, <laughs> whatever. Like, and it's like, oh God, it's like, guys, please. Like, I, like, what are you doing? Are you pandering? Are you trying to show off that you understand like two words in Spanish? Like what? Like, yeah. I, I mean, I bet like if, uh, you know, Carlos Martinez and, and Yanni Molina, like started having a conversation on the mound, like with each other. And then like A-Rod came over from third base. If he was like their teammate and like he started talking in Spanish too. They probably just like look at him and be like, "Get the fuck out of here," you know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> just a just an idiot. So yeah, that was fucking that was embarrassing, Jeremy. But when he went Toto Bien, like uh, that was uh, that was, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah, for for sure. Um, I think one of my favorite moments of the broadcast. Um, I, and Jack, help me if I'm. I mean, it was apropos of nothing. It was like. It, I think I think I, or maybe they mentioned like a player's high school. Is that so? It, so what it was is that they mentioned uh, a whole bunch of guys who had gone to the same high school who are now right. in the major leagues. Elk I can't Grove remember high, Elk Grove High School in Elk Grove, California. Yes, yeah, I can't remember specifically which player they were referencing, but it was like you know five, six major leaguers in the last ten years have gone there. Yeah. Um, but then A Rod, like you said, uh, just kind of out of nowhere, asked Matt, Vas- Matt Vasquez, and he goes, "What high school did you go to?" Yeah, and Vasker- <laughs> yeah, Vaskersian like kind of like paused and he's like, "Uh, Costa Mesa High School," and he's like, "Great." Or sorry, what A Rod said something really funny. He's like, "Perfect." That's what he said. He said like, "Perfect," <laughs> and that was it. That was it. It's like A Rod, did you have a point? Were you going somewhere with that, or did you just say that? Did you just ask him what high school? Because you don't know how to make conversation as a human being because you're like because you're completely out of touch with everything like. You just heard I, high school, and you're like, "Hey, what high school did you go to?" Costa yeah, Mesa. I, okay. I've, I've, you know, I've known you for ten years, Jerem, Jeremy, and I've never asked you what high school you went to, man. No, no, and especially pro- not on this podcast. You know, something that other people <laughs> listen to. Like right. maybe it's come up once or twice that you went to like an all boys school. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've never just asked you it, especially not on this podcast. No, nor do like it's not it's it's like. It's so absurd because it's like maybe you would ask a guy what college they went to and you're like, yep. oh, yeah, I, you know, uh, I we played against them or like, oh, my ex-girlfriend went there or, or like, oh, my parents like knew someone that went there. But it's like high, there's fucking thousands, hundreds of thousands of high schools in this country. It's <laughs> like what what would you have had to say about whatever high school Mad Vash Gershon could have said? It's like, <laughs> Like, oh, you, oh, the, the Wildcats, right? I mean, that actually was a kind of a funny joke because you could have said, oh, the Wildcats, and you probably have like a, you know, 30% chance of being right. Right. That, 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 that was actually a bad example because that's pro- about the only useful thing you could say to that question. They um, did, he, A-Rod did not say that though, right? No, 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 no way, no way. No, he, he, um, I no. I think he said perfect, and then that was, <laughs> I swear to and God. I, 
I'll give I'll give Vescarson credit. Vescarson kind of tried to save it too. He's like, I I did not play any sports there uh, right, or right. or something. But <laughs> yeah, right. And then yeah, and then he's like, not even tennis. And it's like, are you trying to say that you know that Matt Vescarson plays tennis? Because you know what, we don't know that. We don't know that Matt Vescarson plays. Not even tennis. And he's like, no, I was. He's like, I played a little tennis, but I was not uh, good enough to be on the team or whatever. And it's just like, oh god, abort, abort. You know, it's like if you were the if you were the director in the in the truck, you'd be like, abort, abort, move move on to something else. You know, like, um, so whatever. This is this is the stuff we missed out on because it was a crisp two nothing game. I know there would have been more of this stuff, but they, you know, Jesus, they they gave us enough because they kind of this was kind of like the trifecta here right in a row, um, of what came up next, but. Uh, so I don't remember exactly, but someone was—was um, was it a double or was someone? They, they were—they were trying. I think they were trying to stretch a single into a double. Uh, yeah, for lack okay. of, for lack of better memory, that seems like it, right. The play and it was that on a Patrick Wisdom play. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. And uh, I don't remember what batter it was though, but someone hit it to third base. Patrick Wisdom kind of booted it. It scurried. It, it trickled all the way to the wall. The guy was running from first, then to try to go to second. And Wisdom, like, fires the ball, like, to uh, to Eric Solgard, who was playing second base. And uh, they're like, you know, so, like, you know, Wisdom, uh, this was just like a back-to-back two, one-two punch. But, like, so they were like, you know, Wisdom fires it over to second base. Um, and, and they get the out at second. And, and he said, you know, cause, and Solgard is just so good around second base. Yeah, yeah, he said he's, yeah, he's so good around the base. Yeah. Um, so all he did was tag him out. Yeah, all he did was tag him. It's like. Are you thinking of Javier Baez? Are you confusing Javier Baez with Sogard, like with the with his tagging? Like no one has anything to say about Eric Sogard other than like he's a nerd because he wears glasses, or you know, or his uh, his voting predilections, which I you know we don't need to get into anymore on this podcast. But um, uh, you know, that's all that Eric's people have to say. No one has anything to say about Eric Sogard on this team, and he'll be gone uh, within a couple months. Um, but uh, it's like. No one thinks no one has said that he's so good around the bases, uh, like around the base, like tagging. Like, I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about. And it Um, wasn't an exceptional tag. It was it was about the easiest. It was a tag any major league second baseman should have made. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's nothing remarkable about it whatsoever. Um, And uh, so then wisdom like, yeah, he he made like he he kind of it was kind of like that Yoana Suspitus throw out of I think he threw out Howie Kendrick at at home like several years ago, which is an amazing throw. But it was only made possible because he booted the ball to begin with. Uh, So wisdom booted the ball. Um, He he did make a good play, which caused them or maybe it was that play actually that caused them to say like, oh, you know, wisdom has something to say about all those Arenado, uh, you know, good plays or whatever. Um, so he fired a rocket to second base and got, got the guy out, even though he, he, he booted it to begin with. But then like, then at the same, like in the same, like in the next beat, the, the exact next, like top, uh, like, you know, thing that Vescurgeon said, he said like, yeah, you know, um, uh, Patrick wisdom is becoming to be known, coming to be known around these parts as Brett Favre. Uh, they're, they're kind of giving him that nickname, Brett Favre. And they said like, not so much for his like facial, uh, facial resemblance, which is very distant, very distant, but because of his arm. And then he's like, and you know, uh, if a Cubs player is getting, uh, comparisons to, to a Packers player, that's gotta be a big deal or whatever. And I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I watched this fucking team 
day in and day out. You can talk to my wife. I think she's a little upset that we watch the Cubs every night and not like some other TV shows that we're trying to get through. But I watch every fucking game and no one, I've never, ever, ever heard the name Brett Favre mentioned on the podcast or on the uh, on the broadcast at all, let alone being like a, a nickname for Patrick Wizard. What are you talking about? Yeah, Jeremy, it, it almost seems like they're just making stuff up. Did I, yeah. I ever tell? Did I ever tell you the? It, it almost seems similar to something that that happened to me one time. Uh, did, did I ever tell you the story about? I don't know if I've told it on here, but like uh, Craig T. Nelson and, and Keg T. Nelson. Did I ever? Did I ever tell that? <laughs> no, no, okay, no, yeah. No. So so podcast non-listener Chris one time, a uh, friend of mine. He uh, said to me, he called Craig T. Nelson Keg T. Nelson, as in like a beer keg. And I said, Keg T. Nelson? He said, yeah, that's what they called Craig T. Nelson in college. And I said, Re-, I said really? And he said, no. Um, but it's just like it was such an absurd thing to say that I believed it that's initially. Funny, yeah. And then he, he got me. But that, that was what this reminded me of. Like, they could have just been making that up for all anybody knew. Well, Jack, I just I figured I'd do my due diligence um, and, and just search Twitter for, I searched Patrick Wisdom Favre, and there's one guy, Chad DeBear328, three hours ago said, no, Vescurgeon, I'm not calling Patrick Wisdom Favre. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's the, only th- that's the only hit that you get when you search Patrick Wisdom Favre. So, um, no, they, no one calls Patrick Wisdom Brett Favre. Like, you, with the nerve of you to fucking come on a uh, fucking Cubs broadcast and say some fucking erroneous fucking facts about a player that half the viewing audience is seeing like on a daily basis when you don't know shit about this fucking national announcers are so fucking horrible and frustrating when it comes to baseball. It's so, so fucking insulting, but well, so Jeremy, we saw the beer cup snake. Is this a thing that they do at, at Wrigley Field? Um, well, just putting a bunch of beer cups together and making a big snake. Did you notice when they were like doing it at like at our games, Jack? When we no, were no, I didn't see where they do. Were they doing it at our games too? So I th- I think so. They I think they did it um, maybe at the um, the first Padres game um, mm-hmm. that me and my wife were at um, because you know because here's the thing if you if you ever go to Wrigley Field uh, or if you've never been to Wrigley Field. Um, every once, every once in a while, you'll hear commotion out in the bleachers. If you're sitting in the, in the main stand, um, there'll just be like a commotion in the bleachers. And it means one of a couple things. It, it means either I'll say this too: people in the bleachers are generally idiots. Um, I think I said that maybe on a pod, an episode a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we don't sit in the, in the bleachers because it's really hard. To, it's it's actually really hard to focus on the game when you're out there, just because no one is focusing on like no one is focusing on the game out there. And if you are, you're sitting in the wrong seats. Um, so every once in a while, you'll hear a commotion out from the outfield. It either means one of a couple things. It means that someone has been thrown out, uh, and that may be because there was a fight, um, or the left field like they do left like the left field bleachers somehow cheers like chants. Right field sucks. Right field sure. sucks, or vice versa. Right field chance, left field sucks, and it's like we're all Cubs fans. We're all in the same stadium. Each left field and right field are all part of Wrigley Field, which I think you probably would would you know say you love Wrigley Field, even though you've only been there like twice and you've been drunk off your ass both times you've been there. Um, for most, for like you know, as soon as you stepped in, probably before that because you probably drank at Murphy's before you walked into the stadium and you were already drunk then, but. So like why are you why are you saying right field sucks if you like are in like 
it's all the same stadium and you're all fans of the same team. So like it's 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 just fucking stupid. Um so it's one of that or one of those reasons or recently um this year I've noticed. Yeah. Is I think it's a new thing for this year as far as I can tell, but also I don't sit in the bleachers, so it may have happened in certain ways before. But they, they've started building these beer cup snakes and so so you know and, and you know sometimes you'll walk around and you'll see it like a guy like like stacking their beer cups right so like you can see like they'll stack when they drink one they stack and get a new one stack it inside of it so you have like four five beer cups i guess to show everyone that you're fucking drunk and you like have you know 70 dollars <laughs> but um so what they've done in the bleachers is they started i think everyone is like uh you know um uh consolidating their their empty beer cups and building like a big beer snake and so like yeah i we've been at games where like people have there's been a commotion and we, we've looked and the cubs ushers have been breaking up have they have been breaking down the beer cup snakes so yeah well hey yeah. i i know i know covid is over now but like yeah. let's just let's just get all of these uh these beer cups with everybody's germs on them and I we'll mean, just put them all together and have everybody touch them Right, I know, I know. It's like I feel like yeah, they've disproven that it can be trans- like transferred from contact, uh, you know, from like uh, from from touching from contact. But it's like, um, and you know, they call like those things the things that contain the germs. They call them fomites, right? And so mm-hmm. it's like it, it, that's it's like it's like maybe you know touching you know the counter after someone like you know goes up to a bank teller and then you touch it. Maybe you're not gonna get COVID, but like. Maybe if you're touching 500 beer cups that people had literally had their mouths on, maybe that's maybe, maybe I don't think the scientists tested that scenario. So may, maybe you could still get it from that. I don't know, but like, and again, luckily everyone at Wrigley Field inside of the stadium is vaccinated, so we don't have to worry about that. But um, yeah, I don't think the scientists tested a beer cup snake to see if you could contract that. So that way, so I don't know, but so so here's the thing. They showed the fucking beer cup snake on the broadcast, which is a it's a it's a it's a bridge that you've crossed now that you can't go back. It's like it's like Moonlight Grand crossing <laughs> the foul line on the field of dreams. It's like once you show that and you've given like a, a platform to the drunken boneheads out in, re, in, in the bleachers, you can't now not go back to it. So they showed the beer cup uh, snake a couple times in the broadcast. And I guess we can kind of get into it now, but it's like. Jack, it's like it's kind of human nature to like comment on what's going on in the stands, you know, mm-hmm. but like Vaskurgeon and, and A-Rod do it a lot. And like, you know, local broadcasts don't do that a lot. And it's like it's like I know that it's like human nature, but but I also think there's something to the fact of like maybe a broadcast feeling like they're above commenting on like the antics of drunken fans in the sta- in the stadium, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, d- definitely, Jeremy. It'll, it'll be interesting too to see if this becomes a thing in every stadium, yeah. or just you know because of this broadcast. Right. No, it's a national. They gave a national platform to these to the drunk fans like making a beer cup snake. So like now it's gonna happen at every Wrigley game for sure. Uh, it already has been. It's gonna have people in other stadiums are gonna start doing this and like. Yeah, and it's because they gave them a platform. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, just another funny thing that they did uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the Cubs played the Cardinals. Um, there was some guy in the stands, uh, and you could hear every time like a ball went over to Rizzo and like a foul ball, and like it landed. There was a foul ball that landed like f- like ten rows up in the stands, and Rizzo went to try to get it. And you heard a guy say like, "A Cardinal would have caught that." 
And like, it's absurd <laughs> and stupid, but the guy, the guy probably really meant it. Um, <laughs> but Vaskirchen is like, Hey, did you hear that guy say that Cardinal would have caught that? Like, like what a crazy guy or something. Like he commented on it and it's like, you know, it's very rare. Like a lot of times stuff gets picked up on a broadcast, but, but announcers don't comment on it because I think you just can't, you can't just cross that bridge. You can't start commenting on stuff you see in the stands like all the time because you're going to have to comment on every stupid thing that people say, like, or do or whatever. And it's like, it's a, it's a slippery slope, I would say for sure. It is. Yeah. It's, it's always great when, um, you know, when you hear, uh, the, the camera pick up a member of the crowd. Um, one time I was watching an ESPN game this years ago, but it was, it was Tigers versus Yankees and it was in, in Yankee stadium. And like, it was before the game in Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera was like running sprints without a hat on. And then you could just, you could just hear some guy in the stands. You couldn't see him, but you could hear him go, Hey Cabrera, nice haircut. But like it was just a total, total like Brooklyn uh, accent, you know, or Bronx accent. Just a total, you know, just like the total accent you would expect to hear at a Yankees game. It was great, and he actually did have a nice haircut too. So it's like the comment could have been, the comment could have been genuine. I don't nice. know. Yeah. Very um, nice. Yeah. So of course, right before the seventh inning stretch, you know, around about the bottom of the sixth it, inning, we uh, we get just a, a terrible. Um, Matt Vasgar's an impression of Harry Carey. It was because of the beer cup snake, Jack, because uh, yeah. A-Rod said, like, you know, like, uh, or like uh, Vasgarsian said, like, you know, how, what do you think Harry Carey would do, like, if he was out there with the beer cup snake or whatever? And I think A-Rod said, like, he would have loved it or something. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, so then Vasgarsian, you know, cue him for the bad, for the bad impression. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it, it, it was bad. It was a bad impression. It wasn't funny. And, uh, you know, he's, he's one of just a, a, a thousand guys to do a Harry Carey impression, which, which stopped being funny, you know, in the late 90s when Will Ferrell did it. Yeah. Um, they also did a weird thing with the seventh inning stretch where yeah. Vasgarzen said, he's like, all right, everybody, so stick around for the seventh inning stretch. And then they never showed it. No, they just went to commercial and they didn't come back. Like, it was it was weird, you know, because, yeah, like, obviously it's a big deal at Wrigley Field. Um They've just started to have in-person singers now, um, and uh, I don't know if they were had one tonight, but but yeah, they made a whole big deal about it, like the tradition of Wrigley Field, the seventh inning stretch, uh, coming up right now. So stay tuned. And then they, they yeah they just yeah went to com- I thought because he did say like brought to you by Jim Beam or something, and they showed mm-hmm. a Jim Beam commercial. So I thought maybe they're gonna squeeze in a commercial, like during the part where like you know the announcer says, and now here to sing the seventh inning stretch, you know Bill Murray, whatever. And then they were going to come back, and they just never did. It was just a weird tease and, you know, a, another total, like, ESPN sort of thing. So it was just another weird moment, I guess. Yeah. Um, uh, you saw Bill Murray, right, uh, on yeah. Friday? Yeah, and I was actually very – I was sitting in the upper deck box. I was right I, – I actually recorded it, which, like, you know, I, I, I'm of the general belief of when announcers say, like, hey, you know, there's a really good recording of that, of, of this moment, you know, on TV right now, so you probably don't have to record it with your phone. I um generally in that in that uh, uh, group as well, but I was actually really close to the booth, and so like I had a really good like viewpoint of of Bill Murray. It was actually pretty cool. So um certainly probably the closest I'll ever get to him like in real life. So unless he randomly shows up at a karaoke bar like he's been known to do sometimes so right maybe he'll maybe he'll come to alice's yeah um so jeremy uh they started talking about the cardinals all-stars who were the, who were the guys they named it was like a ridiculous list yeah, well so th- i think um was it uh was it a rod or i can't i, I it, these guys they're so like prone to to saying something dumb I, it's hard for me to remember which one 
brought it up to begin with. But they're like, who's the card? I think it was Vaskirjan who said it. He's like, who's the Cardinal All-Star? And, um, and I feel like he said it in a way of like, do they have an All-Star on this team? Because they're like not doing well right now. And then they go proceed to name like, they're like, well, Flaherty would have made it. And they're like, you know, uh, they, 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 they're like, um, I don't remember the order that they said, but they said Molina. They said um, uh, Alex Reyes. Uh, they said another guy. Uh, Buster only even chimed in. He's like, you know, Tyler O'Neill, uh, you know, who they showed a graphic. Like, he's leading. He's tied for, like, the most homers in the majors since the beginning of May or something. He's having a good year. Finally, like, a breakout year for Tyler O'Neill, which I thought he was uh, – I thought he would become a big power guy. Um, and he's having a breakout year this year. So, like, they named – they ended up naming, like, five different guys who could be – in the all-star game for the Cardinals and they were legitimate, but I think the premise going into it was like, can you find an all-star on this team? And so like, it was just another blown (laughs) premise by, by the announcers. Um, so, um, but yeah, um, yeah. So, um, so that happened. And then, uh, was there something about a Goldschmidt too? Oh God. Yeah. So this was in the, the eighth inning. Um, uh, uh, it was uh, no, no. It might. Uh, I was going to say, was it the eighth or the ninth? It, it was the situation was uh, uh, the Cardinals had a runner on second base. It must have been the ninth because that's when uh, that's when Goldschmidt batted. Um, but uh, yeah, so the runner was on second base, um, and you know uh, Goldschmidt grounded out to the shortstop or third baseman, and he didn't get the uh, runner over to third because mm-hmm. um, he got the runner got looked back and went back to second, and then A Rod was like. He's like, oh, that's yeah, that's a bad at bat there. Like, you have to at least get him over to over to third base. And it's like, he's Paul Goldschmidt. What what do you want him to do? Ground out to the right side of the infield? It's not <laughs> right. what Paul Goldschmidt is in the lineup for. No, that's not that's not a good outcome of a Paul Goldschmidt at bat. Is him like grounding out and advancing the runner? Now earlier in the game, uh, Alcantara for the Cubs did that where like a guy was on second and he grounded out uh to the right side of the infield and they advanced the runner for a guy like that that's a good at bat for paul goldschmidt when you're down two runs with like minimal outs to go you know i think you're maybe looking for a hit in the gap yeah no and again it's just it's a and we've heard a rod like like talk about the the bunt and like he's like you know no one's bunting anymore you know and uh in the game and it's like First of all, you didn't fucking bunt in your fucking life. Like you, you weren't a bunting guy. Like so, like what? What is his fascination with bunting? He's been, he's called on like like third like number three batters or cleanup batters to bunt before, and it's like what? It's like I know like we we all know that bunting like sacrificing a guy over is like an is an example of small ball and like. And we know that the game has gotten away from from small ball, but but right, you can't expect guys like Goldschmidt to like you know, just try to advance a runner. Like if, if this guy was like, yeah, like laying down a bunt or like, uh, adv- like just getting it on the ground to get the runner over, you know, instead of hitting like a gapper, a double, a home run, whatever, like he wouldn't be making the money he's making. He wouldn't be batting third in the lineup. And like he, 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 you know, he wouldn't be a, a superstar. And it's like a ride. We, we understand that there's situational hitting and there's small ball, but it's like, it doesn't apply in every situation. Like that's just not what some of these guys do. The cleanup batter isn't there to bunt a guy. He's there to hit a. He's here. He's there to hit a grand slam when the first three guys got on base. You know, provided that it's not a three zero count. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And this team isn't up by more than whatever runs you want to say he shouldn't be. 
giant. Right, right. Um, so there was one last thing uh, after the game uh, that I, I kind of stuck around for on the broadcast, and yeah. you did too, Jeremy, because um, they, they were going to have Anthony Rizzo on uh, interview him uh, after the after the broadcast after the it had switched over to Sports Center. Yeah. Um, the first uh, the first thing I want to say is uh, uh, I I I was blanking on his name tonight, Jeremy Cole Cole. What is it for Cole the? Wright? Cole Wright, yeah. yeah. So I, I I haven't watched Sports Center in forever. Um, but you know these these two guys on Sports Center they came they came in hot. You know yeah. they were saying yeah. all kinds of dumb things and dumb puns about the baseball games. And I was like you know Cole Wright's probably like just typing that emoji in his phone where like it's like the drooling emoji. It's like <laughs> yeah. that's like that's like what he like was made to do. That's like his fantasy is to just be one of those guys. And it was it was just so obvious. But it was also terrible. Sports Center is terrible now. I was almost going to say, Jack, that it, it made me. I, I, I thought you were going to say it, it, you started typing up an email, uh, an apology email to Cole Wright, because when you <laughs> compare him to the guys on ESPN, yeah, it's actually maybe not that bad. I, I, you know, yeah, so they showed like a tease of Sports Center, like as the, as the broadcast was like, you know, going off the air or whatever. Um, and it's like John Bucigras and like. John O'Brien or something. I don't know. I, I I don't remember the guys either. But they they do. They're like I feel like they're like the two like lead anchors on on, ES, on Sports Center now. But um. But yeah. Like so they're teasing it. They're teasing. They're like we're gonna have a uh, an interview with Anthony Rizzo coming up. I'm gonna ask him if he likes aliens. And yeah. Or like, like if he believe is it if he believes in aliens or he likes aliens. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Something like that. And it's like okay like is that was that funny like was that yeah like, is that is that like some kind of commentary about his vaccine status yeah, right, like right i know dude honestly i was th- like i was like i i i was that thought crossed my mind um, uh-huh. you know but then i'm like wait let's remember who we're talking about here but <laughs> it's like it's it's like a joke it's like it's like the the ocho like in um in dodgeball like it really is is like it's just, it, it, I don't know, man. It's like sometimes I feel like we're living in in um, in uh, uh, the Mike Judge movie, right? It, yeah, um, yeah, idiocracy. Idiocracy. Like it's like it's just it's we're the society has been boiled down to the least common denominator, and like, um, so 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 they do that. They come back um, from, uh, um, and I I want I'm wondering if they make the guy sit there because they, they go to, they, they officially start Sunday night or ESPN. They talk, they intro the show and then they show like highlights from around the league. And then they go to like Rizzo, like an interview with Rizzo. So I don't know if he has to fucking sit there um, while they show that highlight package or they pre tape it. Like I think they, I think he has to actually sit there and wait because I think it's live. And he, the first thing he's like, so Anthony Rizzo, like, do you like aliens? And like, and Rizzo's like, ha <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know about all that, but uh, you know, this the stadium's been great. You know, like he actually <laughs> like 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 changed. He kind of you know tried to like clean it up, like Vasgersian did earlier in the in the in the broadcast. But like, it's like why is like is that like some sort of like like tactic like to send ask someone a random question to like disarm them? It's like like and then you know you they let their guard down. It's like this isn't this kind of interview. This isn't like an expose. Like he wasn't going to ask him any hard hitting questions. So like, you don't need to like break down his, his barriers, you know, it's like, you don't need to do that. So it's, it's just fucking stupid. Then like Rizzo was talking about, um, you know, he, 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 he transitioned away from that. Like, you know, uh, he, they should call him El Mago for transitioning out of that stupid question. Um, (laughs) 
but uh, but then he, he comments. Uh, he has actual like baseball comments, and then uh, then he goes like, "So, uh, what are you eating uh, after the game? What's what are you gonna eat? Uh, you know, in the, in the clubhouse?" And then he's like, "Oh, uh, I don't know what they have there, but uh, I don't even remember what he said." To yeah, that. he said he said uh, he's like, "Yeah, I don't know what they have there, but uh, you know, uh, he's like maybe I'm gonna have some dessert, and it's gonna be a good flight to New York." Right, I think is right. what he said. Right to put it into any some, some sort of realistic context, like because they do they are gonna fly they're in the air probably right now flying to New York, um, but uh, but yeah, so just to try to put some perspective there, and then. Um, uh, he's like, oh well, you know, hey, maybe. And he's like, no, no chicken parm and uh, and pasta or whatever. And yeah, it's like, I think he said like, yeah, no chicken parm and cannoli. And then yeah. Rizzo like Rizzo kind of gave him a courtesy laugh. And then yeah. the ESPN announcer when he's like, hey, all, all right, brother, thanks a lot. Like, what are you calling him brother for, dude? You're not his friend. Yeah, don't call him fucking brother. Like, and then you just like gratuitously bring up like Italian food to this. Yeah, guy he's it's kind of kind of racist. Yeah, it's a little it's a little uh, ignorant for sure. Like. Um, it was just fucking stupid. It reminded me to another thing from a couple weeks ago, Jack. Uh, I happened to watch the fucking, I, I'm kind of almost hoping the Cubs lose every time they're on Sunday night baseball, because then they don't have to interview one of the Cubs players. Um, and then they, they can let them get on with their fucking lives. But a couple weeks ago, they interviewed Javier Baez. Uh, cause he hit a big Homer, I think on Sunday night baseball against the Cardinals. They interviewed him and then and he's like, so what's it like to hit a Homer in St. Louis? And Bios was like, oh, uh, I don't know. It feels good or whatever. And it's like, what do you what a stupid fucking question. What's <laughs> it like? To, are you a fucking child? Are you like a fucking six year old? What's it like to hit a home run in St. Louis, Javi Baez? It's like you're a fucking grown ass man on fucking sports center. Like what? Wh- why? Like, is that funny? Is that is that comedy? Is that funny to ask Javier Baez what it's like to hit a homer or what Anthony Rizzo about aliens? Like, just let these fucking guys live their life. Let them go hit the showers, man. They got they do have a flight to catch. He doesn't have time to be sitting there answering your stupid questions. Yeah, what? and what's he uh. supposed to say to the St. Louis question? You know, right. what do you think? What do you really think the answer is going to be besides, oh, yeah, it feels great? Yeah, yeah. What do you think, you idiot? Like, that's what that's, <laughs> that's what Baez would have said. God bless him. Um but like, yeah. So anyway, so like, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, maybe this whole this whole episode, Jack, is like an indictment on just ESPN. Maybe like Vaskirjan and Arod don't stick out that much when you think of ESPN as a whole. Like, I I haven't been watching ESPN since MLB Network debuted, honestly, which is like ten years ago already. So like, I don't watch. I was I was hanging on for PTI, but like, ESPN is just it's unwatchable. It is, um, and yeah. They, now PTI was one of their first talking head shows, and I still I still enjoy yeah. that from time to time. I haven't watched it in a long time, but for, now they have too many talking head shows, um, and yeah, I, I think the the network is sort of past its uh, prime at this point. And there's so many other sports networks now, like you know MLB Network, uh, right. Fo- Fox Sports, when, uh, stuff like e- that. When each league has their own channel, it's like ESPN has become uh, you know useless, and like honestly. I'll tell you when, like I, <laughs> this is me, but when I lost, when I was became started becoming disillusioned with ESPN, it was when they wouldn't show the entire box score after the baseball game highlights. So they would show like you know highlights of Mets, uh, Yankees or whatever, and then they would just show like a little thing in the corner that would say like you know the hits run runs hits and errors, and then they would have like one line of like Mike Piazza two for three with a homer and one R- and two RBIs, mm-hmm. and like that was it. And it's like no, I want to see. They used to show the whole fucking box score, and like 
I know that's a little that might be a little hardcore, but like <laughs> they show it on on uh, MLB Network, and it's like I want to see that. And and honestly, it, it occurred to me, it's like I don't really actually give a shit about basketball highlights or hockey highlights. Not that they even really show that. They certainly don't show hockey. Uh, I don't think, but like all they show is basketball and football, really. So like I was like. I'm going to just watch uh, MLB network because that they're really just talking about the stuff that I give a shit about and like fuck ESPN. So like, I, it's just, it's just bad. But I, I do think like a lot of people kind of feel that way that ESPN is kind of past its relevancy. I, I agree, Jeremy. Um, but you know, we, we've been doing this podcast for three plus years now and we've never done a Sunday night game. So this was a good opportunity to kind of, to do yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it's like we've, um, we've conveniently like, you know, taking shots at them uh you know when we could but uh, why not develop devote a whole uh, hour and 40 minutes to it <laughs> um all right sounds good well we uh we're gonna try to get to a game uh soon here um you know within the next week or two uh but until that time i think we'll wrap it up jeremy i'm jack uh swakowski and i'm jeremy dionisio all right we'll see you next time later